is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 405, recorded this fine Thursday, November 8th, 2018. It is indeed a fine Thursday, my friend. Uh, I don't know why. It was sort of nice out today. Sort of. Not really. Not really. Or as uh, my my old bandmate Julia used to say, it's the day of Thurs. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, My street has been closed because they are doing something to the fire hydrants along the street, so they've been turning the water off. And not letting cars drive down the street. So it's been huh. sort of annoying. But other other than that, uh, I guess things are going okay. We are a few days into the post-Rick Grimes era. Well, not really. But on the show, for now, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it is. Yeah, it's the post-Rick Grimes on the Walking Dead era. So uh, we're all going to have to get used to that. And we have lots and lots of feedback about it and to, uh, about the episode and about that in particular to get through. So um, before we jump into that, let's take a look at how many people watched Rick Grimes last episode on The Walking Dead. Do you want to take a shot, Jason? Take a stab in the dark? (sighs) 6.4 million. No, but that's not a crazy, crazy guess. I was thinking, to be honest, that it might be up above 6 million this week. Uh, Sadly, it was not. It was at 5.41, which is is just up 300,000 from the week before. So it's really holding steady. It'll get up there. It'll go back. It'll come back in the, the next episode. It's like, wow, they got rid of, rid of Grick. I sh- Rick, Grick. We should really check that out. <laughs> I love Grick Grimes. <laughs> Grick Grimes. Yeah. It's a better name, actually. That's not bad. Well, anyways, yeah, 5.41. So this is the world we live in now. The Walking Dead gets about five to six million viewers, uh, you know, live, and then lots more in the, in the coming and following days from the episode. So Mm, I'm okay with that world. Yeah. It's, it's not a terrible world. Okay. Well, we have plenty of feedback to get through, so let's jump right in. Listener feedback. All right. A quick note before we start here. And that is that a lot of people sent in a lot of long calls, long emails. And as you know, I always do a little bit of trimming and editing just to, uh, to, to, to make sure we don't have too many duplicated points or, um, just for time kind of thing. Uh, and I think I did a little bit more of that than usual this week. One person sent in an eight minute message, which is wonderful. And I enjoyed the system to allows it. that length of time. I used to leave long messages like that for my boss when I needed to give her a report on what was happening during the day. And I'd usually run out of time long before eight minutes. Well, th- Lord. this is recording on someone's own device and then emailing it to us. So there's not really a limit. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, eight minutes long, another five or six minute one. Uh, I've trimmed those down. So I'm just throwing that out there now. So as we go through, I'm not going to feel the need to, to let everyone know and apologize to people who sent long messages, but uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's fantastic to get such, you know, lengthy, enthusiastic responses and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I apologize if, if your entire message didn't quite make it on the show, but Hey, we've got a lot anyways, and I look forward to getting through all of it. So that's just FYI. Let's now begin with a call from Scott in Arkansas. And we're going to start with a kind of a longish one. So here we go. Super. 
Hey, Jason. Hey, Chris. This is Scott from Arkansas. I've been listening to the podcast for about the last couple of years. I love you guys. Love your show. I love your sense of humor. Uh, emailed uh, you guys uh, several weeks ago. It was between the end of Fear of the Walking Dead's last season and season nine of The Walking Dead. And it was a pretty disparaging email. Needless to say, you guys did not read it on the podcast. I'm trying not to take that personally. But in the email, I was complaining about how I was very disappointed with Fear of the Walking Dead. I was disappointed with season eight of the main show and how I was finding it very difficult to get excited about starting season nine of The Walking Dead. And boy, am I glad to say how wrong I was, how this show... I'll put it to you this way. I used to watch new episodes of The Walking Dead. Almost every week there would be scenes that would like just get me excited, get me clapping my hands or pumping my fists and something exciting would happen. And the last two seasons just haven't done that. Season 9 has delivered. I, in the last episode, was fist pumping. I mean, certain things would happen, certain moments. Oh my God, when Herschel showed up in Rick's dream, just about made me weep. So, been a really great season so far. I just hope that with all the changes that they're making, with the time jumps, it's exciting. They're going to be able to, be, uh, be able to put a fresh spin on the show because of the time jump. I just hope that they can keep that same momentum going. But I'm excited about the show again. Uh, and even when the show's not been good, I still love listening to the podcast every week. You guys managed to... Uh, to, to keep it very entertaining, even when sometimes the show itself, uh, especially when Fear of the Walking Dead wasn't maybe as good, um, still it was always entertaining listening to you guys. And so keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, and we'll look forward to uh, hear what you have to say for the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Great. First of all, thank you so much, Scott, for uh, the kind words there. And, uh, you know, I... I'm really glad to hear Scott is super excited about the show being back. I mean, as we've said numerous times so far, I think season nine has been fantastic and it's the best the walking dead has been in two or three years, frankly. Yeah, that's true. Um, So it's great to hear that he's excited. I'm really excited too, but at the same time, I am generally always a little bit excited when the new season is starting because it's, it's the promise of something new and fresh and you, you, you know, every possibility exists. So it's, it's always fun to speculate and think about how, what's going to come or guess and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we were excited about the first half of uh, fear of the walking dead too. And that took a big nosedive into a giant pile of shit. <laughs> so, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen here. Let's, let's hope not. Yeah. Let's hope not. We're five for five this, this season on walking dead and I hope it doesn't take a turn. Uh, which we'll get into later because I think we're in for a whole new show coming up soon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but thank you so much, Scott, for that call. All right. Next, we have a call from Siobhan in Lancaster, England. Lancashire. Or Lancashire. <laughs> Lancashire. I got Siobhan right, but Lancashire I got wrong. <laughs> good Good job. Thanks. Here we go. Hey, listen, idiots. It's Siobhan from Lancashire, England. You know, I feel a bit giddy. What an outstanding episode. I think I spent most of it clapping and cheering. Rick was just heroically unstoppable. Obviously, he was going to be dead about 15 times until he wasn't. Um, Shane, oh, brilliant. Negan, finally brilliant. On Herschel, lovely Herschel. And, uh, you know, I think it almost made up for the uh, tedium that was the season eight Gimple Fest. 
Um, but no, that episode is really so well constructed. I think Angela Kang is a genius. And the time jump in episode one wasn't even the real time jump. That's just ace. Jason, I cannot wait for you to see the trailer. And I hope you don't find it too hairy. I mean, scary. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for all your hard work. It's always a joy. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you, Siobhan. Um, I, that's what I wanted to say, too, that I'm doubly excited going into season nine because of Angela Kang. Uh, I, I don't recall being so excited about a showrunner change. In fact, I always sort of dreaded showrunner changes in the past because you feel like they're going to come in and try to put their own spin on things and maybe sometimes a little too hard, which can hurt the show. But for some reason, I was fully on board with Angela and so far she's killing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's really very entertaining. It's very, very good. Okay, I'm going to play the next call here quick quick from Chris in Florida, and then we're going to talk about this trailer. How do you feel about that? I feel, I feel good things about this. All right, good. Here comes Chris's call. Hey, guys, this is Chris in Florida. Thanks a lot for all you do. Enjoy the podcast when I'm driving around this wonderful state. Um, my big moment was uh, actually after the episode, which I thought was great, was when the, they were mentioning that zombies were evolving that kind of changes everything in my point of view i mean 10 years into the apocalypse i think people have learned how to deal with the walkers but if they're evolving that could be a big game changer and i was curious about what y'all thought keep up the great work thanks mike fantastic thank you chris so siobhan and chris both mentioned the trailer it's about a minute and a half long for the next three episodes which takes us through to episode eight so that's the mid-season break and i have a few things to talk about with this trailer uh but jason first of all you just watched it in the last uh hour or two i think what did you think of it i i'm excited a little bit nervous but excited and uh, siobhan is absolutely right it was a very hairy trailer there's a lot of hair in that trailer. Uh, some glorious, some uh, man bun-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, except for Negan. He he had a hair chop So beard chop. Yeah, I just want to run through this really quickly. The first thing I noticed, of course, was all the hairstyle changes in the trailer. I mean, maybe not the first thing, but the well, first- Well, my hairstyle changes over time, too. I mean, this haircut I didn't have 20 years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so, didn't. Yeah, it's, it's been the same for the last- 20 years or so but before that it was different (laughs) me too actually i've had the same haircut for more than 20 years because i had long hair in high school and then after 10th grade i shaved my head off and i've been doing that ever since there you go (laughs) yeah me i had long hair after high school uh Uh, for a number of years and then i and then i cut it and then that was it oh no wait a minute i think i lied i think maybe i kept it until after high school did i shave my head after the first year of high school or the first year of university? I would say first year of university yeah. because you ha- I saw a picture of you with long hair and Christina was in the picture. You're right. You're absolutely right. So it was first year of university when I lived in Ottawa after yeah. the first year. That's what it was. See? So roughly the same time as you. Yeah. It's the only picture I've seen with you with long hair and Christina was there. So that's how I know. Got it. Okay. Um, my brother-in-law had recently dug up some old pictures of us too. So I think there's a few more of long hair pictures in existence now. Nice. Yeah. 
Okay, so the first thing in the trailer that made me go, oh my God, was Carol's long, <laughs> yeah, gray she's got some long hair there. Hair. It's obviously a wig, right? It's obviously a wig, but I don't care. I thought it was so unexpected, but floored me. I just thought she looked amazing. It could have been because she was holding a bow and ready to fire it, which I thought uh-huh. looked awesome. So we're getting Carol. With long, glorious gray hair and a bow. I think that is super cool. She looks like an awesome Mrs. Claus, is what she looks like. (laughs) I think, though, she's probably killed more children than Mrs. Claus. I don't know, man. Santa's the good one in that relationship, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That's why Mrs. Claus doesn't go on Christmas with with Santa. It's just too much risk. She's going to murder everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Santa just can't take that chance. Yeah, you're right. And that's why up at the North Pole, they all they live with elves. They don't live with people, because if they live with people... Anyway, I don't want to get it too deep into Mrs. Claus's issues, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't go with Santa on his trip for a reason. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Carol, Mrs. Claus, I loved the look there. Michonne's new style, I thought, was spectacular as well. Kind of shaved on one side with yeah. the dreads all going the other way. Yeah, very uh, flock of seagulls. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but sure, why not? He had yeah, very, it, it very eighties. He had it Dreadlock like 80s. shaved and kind of up the flock of seagulls guy, right? Yeah, I don't know, or mostly just up. All right, yeah, it it's a kind of a vague memory, but uh, uh, yeah, it was it looked like a very eighties kind of thing, but that's coming back, so uh, I think we're okay, hundred percent, yeah. And then we have um, uh, uh, Jesus with his man bun. Yeah. Anybody who can pull off, I mean, if there's anyone who can pull off a man bun, it's that guy. I'm not sure anyone can, but yes, if anyone can, it's, him. it's that guy. Yeah. I thought Aaron looked good. Did you notice Aaron's bionic hand? I did not. Oh. I'm go back and watch the trailer again. What the hell? Yeah. Aaron, he has a hand, which was super awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, how the hell did he get a prosthetic hand? Because he's Aaron and they've got Eugene and Eugene... Can, oh, come on, Eugene. You know, prosthetics is a, having something fit properly is a whole thing. Like f- for professionals to have professionally made and fitted and tried and changed and fixed and fitted again. And it's not easy and it's not something that an amateur can do. Quit being a party pooper. I thought it looked amazing. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, pirates have hooks on their hands, right? Yeah. So instead of hands and a peg leg, if they can pull it off, so can Aaron. Totally. Uh, Daryl has the same haircut, but you, did you notice what Daryl has instead? His had a goatee, right? No, it's unrelated to hair. No, I didn't notice. I watched the trailer twice, but, uh, I didn't nitpick over it because I didn't have time. Dog has a, had a dog. Oh, there was a dog. Yeah. A trained dog. Daryl. That, that was, I didn't know that was Daryl's, but, uh, I saw the trained dog. Yeah. Daryl's got a pet. That's exciting. I like that. Um, what else? Um, I don't know what else. We saw Judith doing some stuff. We basically got what I think is going to be the first scene or two in next week's episode. It's Judith bringing Magna and her crew back to Alexandria. Yep. Or maybe bags over their heads. They didn't know where it was. Right. Was it Alexandria or Hilltop? Either way. It was Alexandria. Yeah. yeah. Brings them back. Um, so I think that's what we're going to get immediately uh, in the next episode. But in general, I just thought it was a great teaser. I think it, it looks exciting. It doesn't really tell us if they're going to be going through like a mourning period for Rick Grimes, which I don't feel like is even possible considering it's six years later. They've, we've passed well, over yeah, all that. You can, you can, six years is a long time to get over the death of 
somebody. I mean, sure, it it goes in waves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone dies, you don't just get over it at one point. You get over it for a while, and then it comes back, and then you get over it for a little while longer. Right. And eventually, the uh, uh, the peaks and valleys are not as high and not as frequent, but it never quite goes away. But six years is a lot of chance for people to uh, have those intense moments kind of even out a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure he'll be mentioned, and he won't be forgotten, but we're not going to be at the early stages of sort of the grieving period, so... Other things yeah. will be, be going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Negan. You think, you think Michonne is going to be uh, dating Jesus? Um, no, I don't think so. Why I think not? I think Michonne oh, is. Oh, Jesus is gay. Shit. Oh, yeah. About that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so Jesus will either be with Aaron or Aaron or Jesus will be with Daryl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. I think Michonne. Or none of them will be with anybody. Yeah. Well, that'd be sad. I mean, come on. It's the apocalypse. Uh, the world is be, needs to be repopulated. Get to get to repopulating, uh, people. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll find out how successful Aaron and Jesus are at that. Uh, what you need to do is you need to adopt the policy that uh, Dr. Strangelove mentioned in uh, Dr. Strangelove, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, whereas, uh, you know, every man and every woman are going to have to have multiple uh, spouses in order to have as many uh, babies with genetic diversity as they possibly could. Sounds like a party. Well, yeah, but it's for, it's for repop. It's a very serious, it's party, but it's also a very serious way of uh, properly uh, repopulating the earth. Of course. See, I mean, and you know, as, as this show has told us over and over again, Jason, we do what we have to do to survive. Yes. Yeah. And that's and we one, do who we have to do to survive. That's one of those things. That's right. It, yeah. I was going to say that, uh, yeah, Negan seems to have shorter hair. He seems to be cleaned up a little bit, but he's still hanging around, and I think he's still in that cell, so. Yeah, they gave him a ball, though. It's fine. Well, I guess he feels better about that, but he's been hanging out there for now seven years. That's crazy. Yeah. In jail. I wonder if it's the same ball that uh, Carl was using for his uh, PT when he lost his eye. Remember he was tossing the ball up in the air and catching it? Oh, in right. To work on depth perception? That's right, that's right. Or maybe it's the same ball. Maybe it's a ball they gave him that was uh, Daryl's dog's. What's Daryl's dog's name, do you think? I don't know. I'm looking forward to finding out, though. Is it Merle? No, I can't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't name a dog after your brother, would you? No, probably not. Probably not. Hopefully, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'm looking forward to that now, too, finding out the dog's name. Little ass biter. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. That's my guess. All right. I like it. I like it. Let's go with that. All right. Uh, uh, anything else? So, okay, we need to address what Chris mentioned in his call, Chris from Florida. Okay. Yep. And before we do that, I'm, I want to give a little spoiler warning here. I'm not going to go too deep into this, uh, but it would be considered spoilery. This is what, this is something that's definitely coming up on the show. It is something from the comics. And if you aren't interested in hearing about that, then skip forward a little bit. But Chris mentioned and it's a line in the trailer that the walkers are evolving. Yeah. So do you know what that means? You don't know what that means. I know what that means because you told me what that means. Oh, I did? All right. In that yeah, case. Yeah, we watched with uh, the other trailer that we watched where the uh, the new people were hiding like Frodo and uh, the other hobbits and or the predator. Mm-hmm. And they were covering themselves with mud in order to not be seen by the predator like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in uh, the movie called, uh, I guess... It's called The Predator, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is, or yeah. Or just Predator. Was it The Predator or Predator? No, it was 
the Terminator and just Predator. Right. Yeah. As opposed to Star Wars and the Star Wars, like my mom calls it. Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we talked about it. So you told me, you said, I'm going to tell you a spoiler. Okay. And you told me. Okay. Well, real quick, um, that's not the new people hiding. That's Eugene and Rosita hiding in the mud. Uh, and, and Oh, yeah, that, that's right. In, incidentally, uh, Eugene has a new haircut. The mullet is gone, too. Wanted to mention that. I didn't notice that, but that makes me very sad. Well, I'm sorry, man. It's gone. He's he's no longer the armored pierogi, at least not from the hair department. Well, he needs armor to be the armored pierogi. Now he's just a pierogi, pierogi with a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, so those zombies are shambling by. Somebody makes a point about them evolving. That is a direct reference to the Whisperers, which is, if you've read the comic, you know exactly what that is. You may know anyways if you haven't read the comic, but that is definitely coming up on the TV show. The mid-season finale is titled Evolution or something like that. So we are clearly working towards that reveal before the first half of this season is over. Cool. Uh, and that's really all I wanted to say, but the word evolution or evolving uh, refers to the whisperers. And, you know, you probably uh, you probably will be surprised about what that means if you have no idea about what the whisperers are. So um, that is it. I think the trailer was great, and I'm really looking forward to the next three episodes and then what comes after the break next year. As am I. All right, I screwed up the uh, the order that these come in. Can you introduce the next call and we move from there? Sure. Our next one here is from Nia in London. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Nia from London. Uh, I've only ever emailed you guys, but thought I would mix it up a bit this week. I hate that they've done a time jump. Um, and I know this is horrible to say and... It may well be unpopular, but I found eight-year-old or however old Judith really cringy. And then I just thought the preview sucked and it's really made me not look forward to the next episode, which I'm really sad about. I'm also 100% not on board with Carol having long hair. Excuse me. Uh, like she has been keeping her hair short this whole time. And I think it's just the dumbest decision uh because as we learn in the telltale game shorter hair is safer and that's how i had always viewed her choice to keep it cut back because carol is basically the most pragmatic cautious person so this just seems like garbage to me and they didn't even consult me um and yeah there was other stuff i thought was stupid <laughs> in the preview but it is just a preview thrown together i haven't seen the actual episodes so who knows oh an absolute last 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 thing apologies i was just scrubbing through the episode reminding myself of things i wanted to mention and i saw that scene where judith is making the bridge out of shells and michonne leaves a coffee ring on one of the papers on the counter i wondered what that was at the time then completely forgot but i've realized she is holding a plan for the bridge, and the area circled is where she last sees Rick when he sets off the dynamite. Um, again, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm looking at. 
Anyway, I've taken up way too much of your time and I should wash the mascara streaks off my face. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> catch you guys later. Bye. Thanks, Nia. So she was the one who sent in an eight minute message and that's what I pulled out. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I wanted to play that because, you know, she really didn't like the preview for the upcoming next three episodes, which is fair. Um, but I don't know. And I, and I get her point about the long hair. That was something I completely agreed with when I played the original Telltale game. You got to have short yeah. hair because it's a lot harder for a zombie to grab. That's why I have short hair. Yeah. Can't grab it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I have short hair and it's, no one's grabbing my hair. Uh, but for some reason, when I saw all the new hairstyles in there, I, I just got excited. I did have like having a long goatee though for a while. Mm. Cause then Jasper would grab it and tug it and he really enjoyed it. So I refused to cut it for a long time after he was born. But yeah, long hair, bad zombie apocalypse. Why everybody has long hair now? I don't know. They're crazy. I know, but it just looks so cool. <laughs> yeah. And and I know. Then, you know, they want them to look a little mountain men-ish, mm-hmm. mountain women-ish, uh, now that they've been living in the wild for uh, for so long. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and true. And I think, you know, might uh, work in the industry because she said she was scrubbing through the episode. That's an industry term for video and audio editing. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. But I don't think it's that uncommon for people it's to say It's uncommon here. Okay, maybe. I scrub through audio all the time when I'm doing this job. I know. All right. So I just, I don't think it's a common term. I think it's, it's a term that people know for specific reasons, like yep. you and me and her. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, really quickly to the coffee ring is, uh, I think a good little pickup on Nia's, uh, po- um, on her part there, because it, I think it was a diagram of the bridge and the coffee ring sort of was at one end of it where Rick was when everything happened. So a little bit of really subtle foreshadowing probably. Yeah, could be good stuff. All right. Next we have a call from Don in Wisconsin. Hey guys, uh, this is Don from Wisconsin. I'll call him with a couple of points. Uh, first of all, the phrase or the question, what's your wound that we hear throughout the episode is a callback to the pilot and those are some of the first words that Morgan says to Rick uh, in his first encounter with people uh, after the apocalypse. Right. So if you remember, Rick ends up on Morgan's front porch way back in the pilot or front lawn. And Morgan doesn't know if Rick is bit or or sick or anything like that. And one of the first things he says is, what's your wound? Because he wants to know if... Well, if you're a safe person to take in and try to try to help recover. So, yep. Another fun little callback there. They did lots of that this episode. They did. Do you think rebar uh, transmits zombieism? Uh, well, I guess and, uh, we know everybody is infected, right? We know that. But uh, when you're bitten, uh, that kind of accelerates things. Do you think that uh, rebar does the same thing? No, probably not. I don't think rebar does the same thing. I think over the years when we've talked about this, they've played fast and rule with the fast and loose with the rules a little bit, uh, because people have got guts all over them. They've ingested it. They've at other times tried to stay away from it, but here we have rebar, which probably didn't really have any goop on it, but it went right through his body. Um, I'm just thinking that uh, rebar, uh, it's rusty, so it's oxygenated, oxi- oxidized iron. Yeah. Much like blood is oxidized 
iron. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking blood, rebar, blood, rebar. There's a correlation there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, stabbing yourself with a rusty knife is not a good idea in any, you know, time. So No, if you want to stab yourself, do it with a nice, clean knife. Sharp, too, if you want it fixed up. If you want it, you know, nice, sharp blade will be easy to sew back together. But uh, ragged blades and dull blades for uh, doing lots of damage. Like right. we used to in the military, uh, we had bayonets for our assault rifles that I talked about uh, last episode. Yeah. Uh, so we'd have fixed bayonets at some point just to practice. We never actually stabbed anything with them, but uh, it was actually a chargeable offense to sharpen your bayonet. Really? It's meant to be dull. So it hurts more. <laughs> it is a, more of a ragged wound yeah. and takes more effort to... Uh, to help somebody with a ra- ragged wound than it is with a sharp wound. Man, war is hell. <laughs> yeah, it's a real bitch. <laughs> weapons are weapons are nuts. Uh, anyways. Uh, okay, Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey writes, my favorite scene was the Rick and Shane one. I've written before about my love for Shane and how I think he got a bad rap as a bad guy. The chemistry between Andrew Lincoln and John Bernthal is still there, and it was a legitimately funny scene. The scene with Herschel was a good one as well, and as you said, it was even stronger, knowing Scott Wilson has since passed. The Sasha one was good and reminded me a lot of Tony Stark's Scarlet Witch-caused vision from Age of Ultron. I think it would have been best with Glenn, but for the enjoyment, uh, both for the enjoyment of seeing the character one last time and because Glenn is still discussed regularly in the actual show. Still, no complaints about how they pulled it all off. It's true. I don't remember the uh, the Red Witch uh, scene from the uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, I didn't either, but it's right at the beginning. Um, just It leads into the title card for the movie. She comes up behind Tony, does some voodoo on his brain, and his eyes turn red, and then he sees all of his friends dead basically, uh, and walks amongst them. So it was kind of similar in a way, actually. Shit, I got to watch that again. Yeah, there you go. That's All I remember is James Spader being awesome and doing the voicing the Ultron. Yeah, it's my least favorite of the Avengers movies, though. It was the second one, right? I like the first one and the third one better. Um, right. And I'm expecting... Yeah, you're, you're like that. I know, I am. Uh, except for... The original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. I like yeah, the second one best. Yeah, you were totally on the opposite sides of that. That was a dumb movie. Oh, yeah. Actually, the second and the third one were dumb movies. The first one was good. Uh, first one was good. Second one was better. Third one was a garbage fire. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Gar- That's a good way to put it, garbage fire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not only on fire, but man, it stinks as well. Totally, totally. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. All right, next we have uh, an email from Chris in the UK. Okay, sure. So Chris wrote another long email. He had a bunch of speculation on um, why it was Sasha, speaking of her. And he touches on a lot of different things like her availability, the marketing by AMC. And he he finally lands on the story, the concept of uh, of the story they were trying to sell, which is where we pick up his email. All right. It's uh it's not hard it's not that hard to put together a decent case for the story perspective. Given the sacrifice Rick was about to try to make and given he knew he was risk- risking himself to save the others, Sasha makes sense because of all our main characters, she's the one who most proactively chose to sacrifice herself for the team. We've seen other noble deaths, but Sasha is the only one who made the choice for in plenty with plenty of time to think it through and plenty of opportunity to change her mind. 
In that sense, uh, of all of those who have gone, Sasha best represents where Rick is at the moment in time. Actually, as I write this, the three characters they picked make perfect sense to me. Shane, representing Rick's spirit, his drive, his willingness to keep fighting. Herschel, representing Rick's ideals, uh, who he wants to be. And Sasha, representing the idea of self-sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense to me when he when you lay it out those three ways. I really, for days now, have wished it was Glenn in that scene instead of Sasha. And I think that probably would have worked as well, um, but only because everyone would have been so excited to see Glenn. I think Sasha ap- actually represents something that is important to Rick more so than any other character, like Chris here says. Yeah, absolutely. This makes perfect sense to me now. So I feel really good about the choice to have Sasha in there. Um, and, and uh, you know, I applaud them for making that call and figuring that out. Uh so, so yeah, good job. I, I think Sasha worked perfectly. She self-sacrificed and that is something that, you know, Rick, I guess, hoped he would never have to do, but it's the kind of thing that he would do to save his family. Yep. So there you go. Okay. Jennifer in Minneapolis, <laughs> which is, I think, the way you pronounced it last time, but that's it all right. It is. <laughs> Jennifer writes, um... About Jason's issues with the Michonne slash Maggie conversation and how easy it was for Maggie to change Michonne's mind. Easy because Michonne was already there. They showed us her rage at how things ended with her Moonlight Walker killing sprees and the issues she had with the images of baseball bats. She was keeping Negan alive for Rick and by proxy for Carl. But I don't believe that she was ever 100% behind that decision. And then... They are preparing us for her to take the reins from Rick, unbeknownst to her, and make a decision of her own, going against what Rick wanted by completely uh, understanding how Maggie is feeling. I love this scene. Michonne cries because she knows she feels the same way, and she knows it's not what her husband wants for the world. It's a difficult decision for her, and my mouth dropped open when she handed Maggie those keys. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. A little more, a little more sense. Uh, for sure. I mean, the, the main point there is that she was kind of already there. You know, she was doing this for Rick, but was never completely on board with it. So she was conflicted in that, you know, in that sense, right? And Maggie comes up and says, what do you, what do you expect me to do? And she realizes she doesn't really have an answer for that. And so she lets her through. Yep. Well, there you go. All right, next we have an email from Trucker Tom on the road. Maggie has been struggling for over a year and a half with her grief and rage at Negan's murder of Glenn, and she simply could not get over her conviction that Negan should have died. She finally came to understand that she couldn't live in the same world as Negan and decided she had no choice but to end him. Faced with that, no logical argument could trump her emotional reality. Michonne seemed to understand that, and rather than using logical arguments that Maggie would dismiss out of hand, she tried emotional arguments, but Maggie simply turned them around on her. Michonne couldn't counter Maggie's assertions that she couldn't deal with any uh, deal any longer with the world that ne- with Negan alive in it. Right. So I didn't uh, purposefully include, you know, only messages, Jason, that kind of countered your feeling on the scene. Uh, it's just what we got. 
Um, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I'm not a normal person. I don't see things the regular, but what, how normal people see them. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, but, but I thought both of these here, Jennifer's and Trucker Tom's, were uh, really well put points anyways. So, uh, you know, not trying to change your mind. And I respect your opinion, but I think you are in the minority. Which, yeah. Which is fine. And that and what Trucker Tom says is that uh, when you're having a... a when you're having a discussion with someone, uh, if you can figure out whether you're having an emotional discussion or a logical discussion, probably uh, would help you out a lot. I've never been able to figure that out. All my discussions are logical discussions. Yeah, I'm 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 more like you than uh, than the other way. But uh, this was an emotional discussion, at least from Maggie's part of things. And when Michonne tried to use logical arguments, it doesn't work. And so she uses emotional arguments, which Maggie just throws back right at her, which was what changed her mind, I think. Yeah. So, uh, Trucker Tom, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what you said here and try and apply it to my own life and maybe uh, learn how to have better arguments with my wife. Well, hey, I mean, you, 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 you're always learning. The most important thing is you're always learning how to have better arguments. Yeah. And some, sometimes, every once in a while. I find that uh, I learned just how to be less of a shithead. Well, I mean that's that's a lofty goal. So, yeah. <laughs> so well, I'll give that a try. That's a that's a very good uh, a very good point. Emotional arguments versus logical arguments. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, you guys. Next up is Mark in Swansea, Wales, and Mark writes: I loved the breaking of Negan. I wasn't sure at first if he was playing Maggie. However. I think she did actually break him. I thought this was a fantastic scene. It was fun. It was really good. Yeah. And uh, he, I, I thought so at, at first too. Like you think she, he, I mean, in a way he is playing her. It's just that he has a different goal than you expect. Yeah. He wants to die instead of uh, just causing pain. Or, or escape, right? You think he might be playing her. So. Oh, I don't think he's trying to escape. I think all his conversations have been to push people's specific buttons, and he's very good at that. Oh, totally, totally. Especially but, if their button is uh, right in the middle of their head, and he can use Lucille to push that button. Yeah, he's good at pushing that button. Repeatedly. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, yes, he wants, to, uh, he wants to push their buttons totally, but you have to think that his ultimate goal is to get out of that cell. But it's not. His goal here was to enrage her so much that she had no other choice than to kill him because that's what he wanted. Uh, but she realizes that he's already in a worse place. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. It was a very satisfying moment to see someone get the uh, upper hand on, uh, on Negan. Well, yeah. In a conversation. Right, because that doesn't almost, that almost never happens, if ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, what's the only thing that's jarring about the most recent season, maybe season and a half, is that uh, at certain points in those seasons, you the, the audience feels satisfaction at what's happening. That it doesn't happen for the first five seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, I've only watched that all once, and I know you've watched it more than that, so maybe someday I'll go back and see if I gain any satisfaction in the first five seasons. Well, yeah, everything that happens logically make uh, it happens, but it's not very satisfying for uh, an audience member to go, yeah, that guy really deserved it and he got what he deserved. Fair and enough. It never happened until the most recent season. And it's just like, shit, that really changed tone. 
Okay. Well, boy, do I hope the final season of Game, Game of Thrones delivers some satisfaction because uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, in like 17 years when it finally airs. Whenever it comes on, that's right. I've if I can even if I if I have any interest by then, we'll see. You will. I know. Of course you will. <laughs> of course I will. All right. Next we have a call from Lee in St. Catharines. And I think this is on the same topic. Here we go. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Lee in St. Catharines. You guys talked about how uh, Maggie let Negan live. Negan was totally acting for her. Like he was being a dick at first, saying about he forgot uh, uh, Glenn's name and popped his eye out. He was being a dick. That didn't work. So then he changes act to a feeble old man. So she would just let him live. He's just biding his time, waiting to escape. He couldn't have done anything to her there because it's like, where's he going to go? Because Michonne is right outside the gate. But he was totally acting. And you guys bought it and other people bought it and felt bad for him. But he was, Negan was completely bullshitting her. That's my thought. Discuss, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, I think we sort of already have discussed it. I think he's truly broken. I think he was playing her, but the end goal was not to escape. It was to die. Yeah. I don't think he's playing her. I think he was playing her uh, earlier on, but that at the end he actually broke. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, But, you know, we'll find out what state he's in six years later next week. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. If he can walk. If they haven't let him out of that cell, he probably won't be able to walk. He should be doing some jumping jacks every day in there to keep his muscle muscle tone up. It still doesn't work. Have you seen? If you've you've never seen Papillon? Uh, no, the movie I have not. Yeah, oh, one of my favorite movies of all time. They did a remake, I think, but uh, I'm afraid to watch it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, he spends a lot of time in a cell where they don't let him out, and uh, by the end, of, by the time he gets out, he's a friggin' disaster. Even though he tries to exercise, but uh, mentally and physically sitting in a in a enclosed space like that 24 hours a day is uh, very hard on uh, on your body and your mind. Well, I'm not surprised about that. I am surprised to hear that you'd, you'd be that hard up if you at least have some room to move and you can walk back and forth or do push-ups or jumping jacks or something, but... Yeah, it's not. It's still not the best. No, I mean, I, people that, uh, I that that are enclosed in that kind of space, twenty three hours a day or twenty four hours a day, spend a lot of time sleeping. Because what else are you gonna do? It's just you, your body like says, "Fuck this shit, I'm taking a nap," <laughs> and then you end up sleeping sixteen hours a day. Oh, sometimes I that sounds so great, but not being it, in the cell. It's not sleeping. <laughs> it really, is. sleeping for sixteen hours. I might. Be I don't into think that. I could do that and if i did i'd think i would f- feel like i got hit by a truck okay and then fell down out of a tree and hit every branch along the way and the branches were mad at me <laughs> can you at least agree that a nap might be nice once in a while i plan on taking a nap tonight oh good a, na- yeah. a, a, a six hour nap from midnight till 6 a.m when you get up well, well no i'm just the first hour of my sleep tonight will be a nap I just, oh. I've been wanting to have a nap all day, so I've decided that first hour is going to be a nap, and then I'll just ease right into my sleep. Oh, perfect. I like that. Good. I hope Jasper <laughs> doesn't wake up after that first hour, and then it really is only a nap. Uh, well, yeah, that could be, but I, that doesn't bother me. Okay, good. Uh, who's next? Me? You's next. James is actually next, and he's from Blind River. And James, hey, I've been there. Yeah, James says, I just wanted to touch on the presence of those cases of dynamite on the bridge. It might seem like a mismatched combination, but I recall hearing that dynamite was the same, was sometimes used by lumbermen as a quick way to fell trees. 
it would make sense to do the same in the Walking Dead universe in the absence of chainsaws. Even Daryl's magic carpenter saw just wouldn't cut it. (laughs) (laughs) And James sent a link to an article about blowing up trees with dynamite to quickly clear land, and apparently it's a thing. Well, that doesn't surprise me, and it seems like a good idea. I I just, I question where you store the dynamite when you're not using it. You store it on your construction project? No, you probably don't. But the reason they have it, at least, is a valid reason. Yeah. The dynamite hole is probably your best place to store it. No, you're absolutely right. Because if it's going to blow up, it's not going to hurt anything other than maybe damage the hole you dug. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to cave in the hole and bury all your dynamite that you're storing. That's really useful. That just got blown up. Right. Right. Oh, it's yeah. not there anymore, so you might as well just fill in the hole anyway, and the dynamite will do that for you. It's the perfect place to store dynamite. I guess so, yeah, especially if you want to fill in a hole. Okay, it's that's that's it. It's not a it's not a uh, you know an exercise hole or a sex hole or <laughs> did I say did I call it a sex hole? I probably didn't call it a sex. No, hole. No, you did, and a play hole, a play hole, and uh, exercise yeah exercise hole and a pit ball hole, <laughs> which would be awesome. It'd be a really deep uh, pit ball. Yeah. Ball of pits. pits sure. Pit full of balls. Ball um, pit. Anyway, yeah. but I think ball pit. There you go. <laughs> yep. That works. But uh, a place to store dynamite, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Well, they must have taken it out for a reason, but that must Yeah, they wanted to store it on the bridge. Of course. That's the second place you'd store it. Nice safe hole that's like three stories deep or on the bridge. Well, I'm glad we've figured that out and we can now put it to bed. Can we? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh let's hope. Yeah. All right, next we have an email from Anna in Wales. My head is so scrambled right now. I don't do not know what to think. I think I'm hideously disappointed. I feel like Chekhov's magical Medivac helicopter was such a cop out. It feels like a painful hangover from the plans made in previous seasons and didn't work well with the storytelling that has been happening this season. I think they've compromised the integrity of the original show in order to make money with this extended universe nonsense. Just let Rick die or write him out in a movie, uh, sorry, in a more convincing way. Uh, not, not in a movie convincing way. No, they're going to do that. They're going to put him in movies. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry, Anna, to hear that. Uh, and I understand your disappointment. There is, There are arguments to be made that having Rick fly away in a helicopter is a bit cheap. Um, And I get it. it. Given that they're going to make movies, I feel like Anna uh, in this situation. If they were just going to let it go and it was going to be a mystery helicopter ride into some unknown land where he will never return and you don't know what happens to him, I enjoyed that. Bye, Mm -hmm. Rick. Have a good time. But given that they're doing that for a cash grab, uh, it feels like a cash grab. It feels like a marketing ploy in order to have him uh, make more money for AMC doing other things uh, that Andrew Lincoln uh, wants to do, movies rather than TV shows so he can spend more time with his family. Um, It feels like a cop-out. You know, kill him. Have him go off into the sunset, something. But now we got this thing. Yeah, and but it, it it feels uh yeah, it feels like a cop out. On the but on the other hand, now we get to watch more stories with Rick Grimes and I feel like that's an okay thing. I don't want to watch more stories with Rick Grimes. I wanted it to end this way. Okay. Yeah, with I'm, Rick and then maybe coming back. You know, he's alive, we know he's alive. He's gone. 
bring him back for a cameo or a half a season or something later on and be like, you know, the, the triumphant return of Rick Grimes. Where's he been? What's he been doing? What the, what's the deal with that helicopter? Mm-hmm. Where's Jadis? Did he kill her? Did he marry her? What happened? <laughs> I guess there are plenty of questions either way. Uh, and, and I get it. I completely understand the argument. I don't think I would have been disappointed if he died or if he'd just flown away in the helicopter. I'm not sure what scenario would have disappointed me the most. Um, if, if any of them would have at all, I don't know. Um, but I'm personally excited about the movies. I'm glad we're going to get more stories with Rick Grimes, but I get what you guys are saying. It's, it's a controversial choice. It's difficult to do in, in any way successfully, I'd say. It's new. Like, nobody's done this before. I'll give them that. Yeah. Well, at least they're trying something new. There you go. Movie spinoffs? Right. Nobody does that. No. Six they seasons. do spinoff shows and they do movies, but movie spinoffs? Yeah. That's well, crazy. There was that community joke of six seasons in a movie, and here we have Walking Dead, nine seasons and three movies so far. Yeah. Still and, going. And a spinoff television show. Right. And none of that includes a buddy cop scenario where two people are you buddy up and solve crimes. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed in that. I got to tell you, well, you never know what can happen. There's all kinds of new stuff coming. All right. Jonathan in West Hollywood writes, not only did they ruin it, they ruined it twice. I was sitting there waiting for the fade to black tear in the eye, ready to sit in the dark and contemplate what Rick and the walking dead has meant to me over the last seven years. Then the helicopter with Rick, somehow alive, then a cheesy-looking Judith, seemingly having come straight from shopping at the Gap, and a bunch of people I could care less about pop up on my screen and ruin my reverie. A taut, emotional, perfect end for our hero Rick evaporates. So, tell us how you really feel, Jonathan, but again, I don't begrudge you for having that feeling. Um, And it's too bad. I I hope you continue to watch the show, and I hope you watch the movies and I hope they're amazing and you really love them. Yeah. And personally, I've never been to West Hollywood, but uh, can you buy handguns at the Gap? <laughs> I don't think that's what he was getting at, but Are you no. sure? It's the clothing, Jason. It's okay. the clothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. You can probably buy the hat maybe at the Gap. I don't know. Maybe once in a while on special occasions. Uh, but the rest of her clothes, yeah, straight out of the Gap maybe. And yeah. the, uh, the handgun you can get at the gap, but the sword you have to get at the baby gap, right? Right. Swords only are at baby gaps because it's the smaller sword. Yeah. You know, not large caliber weapons. <laughs> no. Jonathan also mentioned that he's never seen a picture of us and he imagines you and me as Wayne and Garth from Wayne's world. So I've decided which, to allow that. Which, which one's Wayne? Am I Wayne? That's a good question. I don't know. Am I Wayne or are you Wayne? I'm pretty sure I'm Wayne. <laughs> that makes me Garth? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no. You're Wayne. I'm Garth. You're right. I You play guitar a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. I'm the drummer. I'm Garth. I'm totally Garth. Oh, see? You're definitely Garth. Yeah. Can you yeah. imitate Garth? Put on a Garth voice. I can't do Garth. <laughs> no, I know. It's been too, too, too far long since I've seen uh, Wayne's World. I do like that movie a lot, though. Did like. Uh, uh, well, are you sure you still like it? Watch I, it again. Find out. Okay, I will. I I look forward to that. I did like the movie, and I hope I still do. All right. Move along. Uh, all right, next we have Cheryl in Guelph. So, I'm trying to get on board with how Rick departed the show, and I really hope the movies are amazing. But 
When I saw the massive time jump and understood that all in all the intervening years, Rick was never reunited with his loved ones, all I could feel was heartbroken. Rick's entire story arc, including his final, the final episode, centered around his love for his family and his chosen family. Everything he ended uh, endured in his entire will for living has been about that. And now we find out that the that he survives, but will have to go on without them. That would be utter torture for his character. Like Negan, Rick has been uh, has been given a fate worse than death. In my mind, the episode would have been perfect if he just cut out the helicopter trip and Rick had Rick die in the explosion. He gets one last glimpse of the people he loves, knowing that his that he is sacrificing himself for them, and a fitting exit that would have been for this character and his journey. Yeah, what a fitting exit. So, you know, this is really Cheryl's point here is really the only thing that I a hundred percent agree with and am disappointed kind of with about Rick's departure. And that is that everything we know about Rick tells you that he would be trying to get back to them. And regardless of where he is, he'd be trying to do that. And now we know that six years have gone by and he, he hasn't returned. I mean, they take him to Hawaii and how the hell is he supposed to get back from there? Well, let me, let me clarify that. We don't know what happened in the interim six years, right? So we're going to find out in those movies, I think. And number one, I hope they have a damn good reason to explain why Rick is unable to get back. Uh, They're going to need that because it's so ingrained in his character that, you know, Cheryl and a lot of other people are going to be like, what the hell? If, If he just shows up wherever they take him and decides to live there and stay there, that's going to be completely out of character and really unsatisfying, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And I was also going to say, maybe, maybe something has happened in those six years. He does come back and that's what we're going to get in the movies. And then he dies doing something. So there's a wide open universe of possibilities here because six years is a long time. And that's partly why I'm excited to see where, what they do with this and where they go. But I do agree with Cheryl that if they just kind of have Rick doing his own thing as if these other people barely existed, that's going to be weird. That would be a little weird. And maybe they take him to Mongolia, like, and then how the fuck is he supposed to get back from Mongolia? Well, anywhere basically over a large body of water would be problematic. Uh, even if it's somehow like way out to sea on a, on a boat or something, but you know, uh, it's take him to, uh, take him to the upper peninsula and have the Mackinac bridge get blown out because of the zombie apocalypse. And that's pretty much you're stranded. Like, what are you going to do? Go all the way around? That's a long way. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're on Newfoundland or something. That's, I mean, that's far out there enough. Probably PEI with the bridge out. There you go. Screwed Prince Edward Island without the bridge. Yeah. You're stuck there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, that's where you live now. That's right. That's where you are, and then you can't get back. Our next emailer uh, sort of proposes the same thing here. That's you, right? Allie in Utah? Allie in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) I love the episode, but the one thing bothers me is the fact that Rick won't find his way back to his family. This makes me think he is somewhere that he can't get back, either across the ocean or on a boat. For my own peace of mind, I am choosing to believe that he is on a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier in the Atlantic Ocean. Me too. <laughs> right? So he's not I getting th- back from that. 
Personally, I think an aircraft carrier is the pl- for perfect place to ride out the zombie apocalypse. You take the the deck of the aircraft carrier, and once you, you build a helipad, or if there's you know, it's a, you land a helicopter on that thing, but the rest of it you just fill with dirt and turn into farmland. Right? You don't even have to drive it anywhere. You just park it someplace, and uh, you've got like so much space to like do whatever the hell you want. I mean, would it? Over time, having all the the dirt and the stuff growing on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier, would that over time deteriorate it enough to destroy the aircraft carrier? Oh, yeah. It'll fall apart eventually, regardless, right? I sure. Mean, I spend a lot of time and money making sure those things don't fall apart on a regular basis. Well, yeah. Uh, but, you know, just left to its own devices, it's going to fall apart. But you get a, you know, a couple of decades worth of use out of the thing before you have to go to the mainland. Right? Well. That's plenty of time, I guess. Yeah. You have goats, like a whole shit ton of goats up there, a couple of cows, pigs. <laughs> Every once in a while, a goat just falls off, gets too close Tree, to the edge. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have little nets that'll catch them, right? Oh, see? Perfect. Are they, it's so people they, fall off, right? And they catch them Well, they the don't nets. want people to fall off. So they have, I, th- I think they have, some areas have nets to catch people. But, sure. uh, you know, I'm sure people fall off aircraft areas all the time. You gotta, it'd, it'd be sad because you. Like, if somebody falls off an aircraft carrier when it's at speed, it's not like you can turn that son of a bitch around, right? Uh, You're like, okay, buddy, uh, well. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They probably have smaller boats that'll go out and get them, but not in the zombie apocalypse. I got a question for you, Jason, and for the listeners. Do aircraft carriers have to be more or less, and I don't want this to take too long, but do they have to be more or less stationary for a plane to land on them, or can planes land on them when they're, like, moving full speed? Uh, I don't know if they can move full speed, but uh, they can be moving, absolutely. Well, I figured moving a little bit, but like... It's straight line, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if they'd be wanting to have them turn because that'd throw things off. But yeah, they can absolutely be moving. Well, I, yeah, I sort of assumed moving, but I don't know how fast an aircraft carrier goes at full speed, and I don't know if that would screw up the plane landing. Anyways, just something I was wondering about. I don't think so. I think it's just more wind, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're landing. It's like if you're if the if the, you're in calm wind and the uh, aircraft carrier is going thirty knots, you got a thirty knot headwind when you're landing. No problem. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, I guess they've thought of all these things and figured it out. And if Rick's on an aircraft carrier, uh, he's probably figured it all out too. Uh, yep. There's probably trees on there. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. All right, next, we have. Uh, sorry, go ahead. That would be cool. Yes, it would. I would like to live in an aircraft carrier. I think somebody eventually is going to buy a, you know, somebody is going to personally buy an aircraft carrier and turn it into a yacht. Why not? It's got to happen. It's a great idea. Right? Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what he'll do. Buy an old aircraft carrier from somebody and then turn it into this huge frigging deck with a, or a huge yacht with like a golf course on it. Sounds expensive, but if anyone can do it, it's him. Yeah. I mean, he launched a car into space for an ad. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. Next, we have an email from Jennifer in California. I didn't think they could do it. I couldn't think of a plausible way not to kill Rick, keep Judith and Michonne in the show, and not waste the audience's time on a rescue mission that was never going to amount to anything. But that's why I'm not uh, not one of the writers. I love that it was not predictable. It was not a predictable end to Rick's character. End in quotes. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I think it was sort of predictable when they hang this helicopter over us for a while. But I think her point about um, not having 
uh, not having to go through like a rescue mission now, for lack of a better term, of the characters trying to find where he is or, yeah. or go after him, I think is okay. I'm not sure that would have been the best thing, uh, but who knows? You know, maybe it would have been awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're all reasonable people. How how could they possibly expect that the explosion from the dynamite blew Rick sideways into the river? Exactly. How could they possibly have predicted that? Like, it's just like, no, he would have went flying back that way, and he's not there, so he must have been blown to atoms. He was. I mean, Lori got completely eaten by a zombie, so I can. No, I can accept that Rick got blown into its its his uh, constituent parts. Yeah, his individual atoms. He must have been. There was nothing left. He was atomized. That's right. All right. Dilith in Sri Lanka writes, no, no, no. Hell no. Why did they do this? Rick had a puncture wound in his body. A zombie fell on it. It was burnt in an explosion. It was invaded by murky river water filled with zombie guts. Rick Grimes is tough, but if he doesn't have a life-threatening infection, I'm going to be pissed. Not only should he shove antibiotics down his throat, he should shove some up his ass for good measure. Yeah. So I got to think that's what the helicopter people did. They gave him lots of medicine and they patched him up and hopefully had some blood and they gave him some new blood because he lost an awful lot. And I guess he's going to be okay. I I would assume he's going to be okay. But, you know, don't underestimate the power of uh, packing a wound in mud and then uh, burning it. Oh, that helps, eh? Well, I can't imagine it wouldn't. I mean, uh, they cauterize wounds by using very high heat, uh-huh. and they they pack cotton in in wounds to help with bleeding. So I'm I assume mud would fit that bill. Yeah, ram some mud in there and then <laughs> blow it up. Yeah, it'll, and then burn it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. There you go. All right. Next, we have an email from Tobias in Germany. I like the fact that Rick is now both dead and alive. To all his friends and family, he's dead, and since they, since they don't know any better, but at the same time, he is alive. Also, I'm looking forward to the movies, but I hope they're not spreading their new writing power too thin when the first priority should get the TV series back on track. Yeah, or, or maybe to keep the TV series now that it's back on track, I'm the way I see it. Uh, but cool point, you know, everyone thinks he's dead. He's not dead, and that could lead to some interesting stuff down the road. Or absolutely nothing. Right? If they're going to separate the two, the TV show and the movies, and uh, ne'er the twain shall meet, um, yeah, no big deal. Who was it? It was Schrodinger's cat, the the yeah. thought experiment about the cat being both alive and dead. Now we have Schrodinger's Rick. Schrodinger's Rick. Yeah. Well, but we know. We looked in the box, right? We, we, have, we have visibility into the box, so the... Uh, uh, the probability waves or whatever they're called have coalesced into a uh, concrete reality. Oh, you're right. You're right. So in that moment before we opened the box, it was Schrodinger's Rick. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's both. Okay, very good. Thank you, Tobias, for yeah. that. Schrodinger's Rick box experiment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, next up here is a call from Christine in Northwest England. Holy crap, guys. Did you just see that RV that Jadis rolled up in? Well, that sure looks like the RV that Heath went missing in. Does this mean that the junkyard people actually kidnapped him to trade with the helicopter people? We may never actually find out, but I do like that the writers are finding ways to slip in these little things here and there just to clear up or make us think about all of the Gimple storylines that left us hanging. What do you guys think? Jason, read the next email. Uh, all right. So Pete from Sunshine Coast in Australia. Now that AMC has announced the Rick Grimes movie trilogy, can we expect the uh, a Heath movie? 
Do you think it's possible that he has been with the mysterious helicopter people all this time? Is Enid spying for them? So I considered leaving that last sentence off, but I chose not to. So thank you, Pete. Uh, But I wanted to give you and Christine some good news. And that is that the RV she was driving has been confirmed actually to be the one Heath drove away in or or disappeared in, which means it was at the junkyard. And in fact, if you go back and look at some previous junkyard scenes, you can see it in the background. Nice. I didn't notice that. No. So Heath was indeed uh, captured by the junkyard people, the scavengers, which as they were called at the time, and traded to the helicopter people as an A or a B. And that's why Heath has never returned. Oh, that, so what's the card? What's the PPP card for? We don't know. We we don't have an answer on that yet. But that was confirmed by show producers, uh, maybe Angela herself. So Heath is now going to be in the movies. Is probably going to be in the movies, right? It's going to be the Heath, Rick, and Jadis show. Right. All right. So now we got. Uh, now we have the, the 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 very bare bones for a buddy cop movie. We almost do. That's right. <laughs> Rick is Rick and Jadis and Heath are going to start solving mysteries. Right. It's a little bit like the. Uh, oh my God! What are they? What were they? Scooby Doo gang. What was? The, what were they called? The, they drove the mystery machine. Yeah, did they have a name? It was the Scooby Doo Gang. Okay. There's some uh, there's some interesting theories about the Scooby Doo Gang on the internet, by the way, which we don't need to get into right now. But I will look that up someday. <laughs> it, it, I'm pretty sure that uh, the Scooby Scooby Doo uh, takes place in a post apocalyptic world as well. Wow, that's something I want to read about. Yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> All right, G on the internet writes. The episode ends with the introduction of Judith Grimes to us. What disappoints me about this scene is that everything apart from her having grown up seems to be exactly the same. People are still running from zombies and people with guns are still saving them. That means that zombies are still at large and there is nothing bigger to look forward to, like an eventual resolution to the zombie crisis or a functioning society that has things under control. It would have been nice if we had seen Rick and Michonne's baby along with her, uh, that would have probably made it slightly more interesting. So I don't know about that. I mean, we don't really know what's different, uh, but I see the point. It does seem like not a lot has changed uh, other than the haircuts. But what about the baby, Jason? Um, That's something I forgot about. So Rick's, uh, you know, Rick's heritage might not be completely gone. He may have fathered another child. They were just talking about, having a baby they talked about it proceeded to have the sex which was off screen but we can assume it happened so that's all it takes well yeah i mean sometimes 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 it takes a lot longer than that sometimes it's not just like hey let's have a baby sure and then you have sex and then bam well have a baby obviously there's plenty of different ways it can go everybody knows that but that is one of the ways it can go so you never know we could have a six uh, maybe five year old Son of Michonne and Rick running around Alexandria right now. Do you think they? Do you think Michonne named him Carl too? Oh, I hope so. Carl too. <laughs> Carl Part de. <laughs> Carl too. I think is the uh, is an appropriate name. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe. But I think that would be an interesting surprise when they reveal it on this week's episode upcoming. Yeah, and you know that is the uh, the way of having a baby that uh, when fueled by. Uh, a plot device 
actually works. Right. Just talking about it and then having sex one time off screen. Yeah. And then having a writing staff use that to actually forward uh, a plot or a subplot. Yes. So of course. It works when there's a plot or a subplot involved. Mm-mm. Not when you're just trying things in reality. Uh, no, I guess not. But sometimes it works. Sometimes the only time you have sex, you get pregnant. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I so know. Be careful. Be careful, everybody. <laughs> Use protection. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to have a baby, then, you know, have at it. Yeah, have at it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of different ways. This is one of them. So it this could, is one of them. could be, there could be a little uh, Rick Michonne baby running around right now. Uh, yep. We'll find out uh, in a couple of days. All right. Next, we have an email from Anthony in Kettering, the UK. Regarding Jason, that's me, uh, Jason's comments about whether or not older Judas should be allowed to carry a handgun. You have to think about this. Judas was born and raised in the apocalypse, not West Philadelphia. (laughs) I got that joke. That's a funny joke. Me too. (laughs) So she doesn't know any other life, unlike Carl, who had to adapt. Rick wanted Carl to carry a gun around when he was young uh, to keep him safe, giving him strict rules and guidance to entrust him to carry it. Obviously, back then, they probably didn't know the extent of how dangerous the world had become uh, as they had not properly encountered groups like the Saviors. So at the time, they may not have seen it as much of a necessity. But now, they are more aware of the dangers, so Michonne probably taught Judith from a very early age and has provided her with the knowledge and wisdom to give her a handgun and a wakazashi sword. Wakazashi. That's, uh, yeah, that you, you mentioned that last, or last time, right? Yeah. Wakazashi. Uh, this is what I was trying to say as well, that, you know, there are extenuating circumstances. They are in the zombie apocalypse, so I don't think it's that crazy to see an eight-year-old with a gun. And um, I did go back and, and watch the scene again. She definitely has, if not Rick's specific gun, basically the same one, and it's like the size of her arm. It's huge. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge motherfucking revolver. Like, it's massive. <laughs> yes, it is. You do not need somebody of that size to have a handgun of that size. No, but... That's crazy. But it's, you know, it's kind of fun to see because we know who her father is and stuff. So, I get... It's what, like giving her a pole arm and saying, good luck. I, I get what they were trying to do, but I, I also understand that it's a bit of a ridiculous weapon for someone of that size. Yeah, here's a lance. Good luck. Yeah, here's a two-handed broadsword. Can you lift this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want a claymore? Here's a claymore. Exactly. It weighs twice as much as she does. Well, you know, I mean, she's got to build up her muscles somehow. Yeah, give her something a little smaller. Saturday night special kind of thing, right? Self-protection. Sure. All right. You know what a Saturday night special is? A little snub nose thing? A little small handgun, right? Yeah, it's for very close uh, in combat and uh, easily hidden. You know, in a handbag or something like that. Sure. Clutch. Okay. Well, I, you know, e- either way, uh, I don't think it's that surprising that she had a weapon or multiple weapons, even if it yeah. was a bit of a ridiculous one. So Dan in Durant, Iowa writes, with the reveal of eight or nine year old Bond, I mean, Judith, Judith Grimes. <laughs> I like the child sized sword, but the python I'm guessing the reason she had to pick her hat up off the ground is because the recoil knocked it off her head. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> and her. She probably laid her flat on her ass. Oh, probably. I'd, I feel like that's a, that would be a funny um, image to see on the show. But She'd be picking her teeth up off the ground, too. Oof. That doesn't sound good. They'd rattle right <laughs> out of her head. 
No, they should, the, the recoil would probably knock right into her face because it goes up, right? It doesn't just go right back. It, the physics of the, yeah, the, yeah. the muzzle goes up. And, uh, you know, if you're not careful, that sucker will hit you right in the face. Well, geez, I'm not sure. I could fire one without hitting myself in the face, so... She well, hopefully can't. if you do fire one, then you'll have proper instruction beforehand on how to hold it and what to expect recoil-wise. Yeah, I hope so, too. One of these days when I'm down south in the States somewhere, I wouldn't mind going to a shooting range. I've not something I've ever done before, um, but I'd want someone to take me there and, of course, go through all of the appropriate training that you have to before they hand you a weapon. But it's it's you one of those... You that here. There's no reason to go to the States for that. Uh, okay, maybe, but I wouldn't even know where to go here. I can, I'll tell you. Okay, well, maybe we can go together. <laughs> there's, a couple, there's a couple of places around. Yeah, you, they have, it's like going to those axe throwing uh, places. I've done that. You go there, I mean, don't drink. Uh, you go there and uh, they have introductory courses and they have uh, handguns you can try. And uh, I don't even think you needed to be accompanied by someone with a license to own a hand, well, I'm a, d- handgun. I'm just saying. I, you, the license is for... Uh, possession and acquisition. You go to a you go to a range. You don't have to do either, right? Well, so there you go. I'm just saying I'd I'd rather go with someone I know, like you. It would be more fun. Well, no, but I have never been to one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just I know they exist. I would also like to go with someone who has frequented one and knows the the culture of what to do and what not to do, and not not safety wise, but. Uh, yeah, I'd just I'd like to go with someone with a little more experience on uh, what to expect and tell me, no, no, don't do that. They don't like it when you do that. <laughs> I, I know enough not to turn around with a handgun or yeah, point it at anybody and go, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, that's not a good idea. I've yeah. gone axe throwing, and that was really fun. Um, I came third place in the my office axe throwing tournament. We went as a company, as a right. one of those things. Cool. It was really fun. Uh, there's a lot of drinking done while axe throwing, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, any sport you can do while drinking is okay with me. All right, very, very good. Let's move on. Shooting range is not one of them. No, not one of them. Curling, yeah. Oh, I've done that too. Boy, it's hard. Curling, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> all of them, except the ones that involve firearms. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Maybe not right, jousting. What? Don't drink while you're jousting. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. That's, well, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Right. Your turn. Where are we? What are we doing? We're talking about The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, I think it's your turn and Cody. Cody from Marion, Ohio, Ontario. Marion, Ohio. Before Rick went out, he talked to Michonne about possibly having a baby. Uh, She may have been pregnant, and in the six years that has passed, could there still be a Rick baby in the world? The Grimes bloodline continues. Yeah, I I should have put this one up uh, higher a little bit, but exactly. There could be a Grimes baby, and we're going to find out in the coming episodes, I would hope. What's Michonne's last name? Um... I don't know. So anyway, she, you know, obviously contributed to the baby if there is one and the baby might have her last name. That's very true. It's very true. I feel like I should. Her, her bloodline continues too. Her whole family's dead, including two kids. I feel like we should know Michonne's last name, but has it ever been said on the show? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think of her as like Madonna or Roseanne. She just has the one name. <laughs> she just has the one name. That's weird. I feel like we should know her name. Anyways, uh, I'll see if I can figure that out. But in the meantime, I'm going to play a call from Dan. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jason. Dan from Birmingham in the UK. I just thought you should put a warning out to everyone um, that The Walking Dead ends before the final uh, flash forward scene. 
and and we should start to think of the new series as a new show. I think the old show has has, has really ended with um, the disappearance of Rick. Yep, whole new show. Uh, I feel like that's what we're going to get, and I'm excited about that. It's they've opened up so many possibilities, right? Just of of things they can do now, and and all kinds of good stuff. So, yeah, The Walking Dead is dead. Long live The Walking Dead. That's right. <laughs> uh, along the same lines, we have Cindy in Columbus, Ohio. It just occurred to me that this coming Sunday, we are essentially getting uh, going to be watching a brand new show. It's a reboot, and I'm hoping uh, that I'm hoping that word gets around so the ratings will go back up. Yeah, I mean they might. They also might go down. I don't know. Um, it could go either way at this point, but. Whole new show. It's very exciting. Uh, I don't think Michonne has a last name, Jason. I'm looking at the Walking Dead wiki right now, which has all the information about the Walking Dead universe, and she is just Michonne. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Peterson. Michonne Peterson. There you go. <laughs> Michonne Peterson. She's related to Pete Pete, the repeater guy that was on the bridge. Oh, Pete Pete Peterson. Yeah, of course. So the baby's going to be Carl II Peterson Grimes. That's right. Carl II Peterson Grimes. That's uh, Or Grimes Peterson. That, that has more of a ring. Carl Two Grimes Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I like it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Good stuff. Um, next up here, we've got a call from Lindsay. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Lindsay from Auckland, New Zealand, um, originally from South Africa. I am actually really excited to see where they take the story. Um it has been a long time coming in my mind that I was ready to, I'm definitely not going to say rage quit the show because that's not even anywhere near. It just got boring. I did not like the Negan installment and how that was pulled off. I was extremely devastated in how they got rid of Abram and Glenn. Um, like I always knew that those characters would leave and based on the comics, you know, that, that was always there. I, I understood that that was going to happen, but the effect that it had for the on TV show to me just yeah I think they just lost the plot there and it, it might not have been the best way to have put that scenario forward and I think they've actually kind of learned from that um, hence the reason they've gone through Rick's leaving the show in such a such a like soulful manner and I like that each stage where it was Shane prior to Shane it was himself you know and it's it's his inward battles it's you know it's it's things because he was such a dark character at so many different stages through the seasons and um I, I I like the way that they recovered that at the end and you know I kind of would have been okay if they, they killed him off I totally agree but the fact that they have recovered it so well and they are now planning for this trilogy I'm excited my husband who I painfully get like positioned in front of the TV to watch this because he lost interest probably on season four or five to be dead honest and he's been a trooper you know I, I'm a diehard fan as shit as what the show had got at one stage I was still there to watch every single installment um, and he sat there through it too and this last episode he was like he's really excited to see what happens next <laughs> so yeah um, I guess having listened to so many of your podcasts i really enjoy the work that you guys are doing keep it up and um i will carry on listening and i i, I really hope that the six year time jump or actually seven and a half year whatever you want to call it now um 
I really hope that this brings like a different dynamic and that I'm not going to say that they move away from the comic book, but that they become a little bit more standalone now that they've lost so many of those key characters that make up the bulk of that comic, like give it a life of its own, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in it. I'm going to be putting my husband in front of that, <laughs> that TV set going forward. It's not going to change. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Thanks again. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm not sure I have anything to add to that, but it's great to hear that she's bringing people back to the show who previously dropped off. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I just have, uh, you know, had a visual of uh, painfully positioning her husband in front of the television to force him to watch the show. It's just like, you know, you know some wrestling involved and, uh, you know, holding him down and sitting on him and making sure that uh, his eyeballs are propped open and watching the show uh, against his protests. Yeah, sounds sexy. Uh, no, I wasn't even thinking that. Did I make it sound sexy? I apologize. No, that all came from me. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. No, I just like forcing him to watch TV. Like, oh, come on. You're not going to make me do this again. My wife watches The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and that bullshit, and uh, I can't even be in the same room. Like, no. I, I can't do it because if I sit in the same room even for five minutes, I end up yelling at the TV. You just get angry. I get angry and I get frustrated and it's not an enjoyable angry or frustrated and yelling at the TV. Sometimes that can be fun. I just, I have to leave. I can't be in the room with that television show on. Nope. Uh, but uh, it's not something like I watched early on and then lost interest in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that I actively reject and rage against. From the beginning, right. Okay. Well, good. All right. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for that. And glad to hear you're excited. And uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, it's good that you're dragging your husband back in. Cause, uh, and then let us know. Let us know what he thinks and what you think moving forward from here on. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to tell us, uh, make him. <laughs> Just make him. That's right. <laughs> Secretly record him talking. But no, don't do that. Well, don't, do no, that. don't do that. You know, that <laughs> well, could know. be, depending on the laws of uh, where you are, you know. You need, might need two-party consent instead yeah. of just one-party consent. So that's that's a whole thing. That's a whole other thing. All right. Here's Kara from Texas. Hey, guys. It's Kara in Texas. And I know you guys usually don't discuss the comic or spoilers, but I'm just going to throw this out there to see if you guys are willing to talk about it. But in the previews for the next three episodes, it looks pretty clear that Judith is going to take over Carl's role from the comics, at least in terms of the relationship with Negan and sneaking down into his cell and talking to him. And I'm wondering what your take would be on how that will be different in the show and how that might play out. Because we know Carl always disagreed with his dad's decision not to kill Negan, and Judith could very well blame Negan for the death of Carl. And for the death of her father, since the entire thing was set into motion by Rick not killing Negan and Maggie setting off to Alexandria intent on doing what Rick wouldn't. So I would love to hear y'all's thoughts about it. Um, Hopefully, it's not too spoilerly. I can't talk spoilery. And you guys could let us know. Thanks. Thank you, Kara. So, yeah, I I think you're right on here. They're likely going to have Judith play that role on the TV show. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to get into it too, too deeply. I do think, though, that Judith at eight years old is younger 
than Carl is in the comic when he's going to talk to Negan. And that could change the dynamic up quite a bit, you know, um, just the age difference. I mean, Carl, I feel like is, is a well into his teenage years in the comic by the time he's talking to Negan in that cell. I could be wrong, but I think that's, I think that's where he is. And there's a big difference between talking to like a 15 year old and an eight year old. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to, um, or I wouldn't think anyways, they're going to be able to kind of play it out in the same way or even have similar conversations. Cause it might just feel like Judith is too young to be, to be doing that. Um, and of course the way Negan interacts with an eight year old would be way different than a 14 or 15 year old. So I do think they're going to have her talk to him. It's going to be an important part of, I'd say probably the next three episodes as we move into the mid season finale and put, but potentially not much after that, uh, depending on what happens. But it's certainly going to be a thing. I agree with that for sure. I wasn't aware that uh, Carl talked to Negan uh, in in a cell, so no. I'm not sure what that story what that means from the story perspective. So mm-hmm. having um, having Judas play that part probably makes sense since uh, in the in the show uh, Carl's dead. I guess I'm not spoiling that since we all watch the show. Yes. Can you spoil the past of this show in this podcast? You cannot. No, I don't think you can. (laughs) All right, good. Uh, I can spoil other stuff. Sure. Over the Cylon. Remember that? I do. I do. (laughs) I I gave up trying to uh, prevent you from spoiling that. (laughs) It's from the first season of Battlestar Galactica from like 2001 or two or something. Yeah, fair enough. Go watch it. It's a good show. (laughs) It's a pretty good show. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So I wasn't aware of that. And, uh, yeah, that makes sense that, uh, she plays that part. I mean, we've had other people doing the parts of, uh, you know, that other people played in, right. um, in the comic book. They've Look got Carol for crying out loud. She's totally playing Andrea. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. They got to mix it up. I mean, the characters are now different at this point significantly, I think, you know? And now, and now, uh, uh, Daryl's going to play Rick. The part of Rick will be played by Daryl in, in in this show. It could be. It could be. Carol's still around. Maggie is gone on the TV show. Um, so, you know, there's all kinds of different dynamic going on here. So they're going to take bits and pieces, inject them into other storylines. Um, I have a rough framework in my head for, I feel like what's going to play out in the next three episodes and then the eight following it. Um, but I'm looking forward to being surprised. I'm looking forward to, all the things they have to do to kind of make it work and change it up based on who they've got left. So I think, uh, I think it's exciting. It's an exciting time for this show. And the real surprise here is that uh, Michonne will still be played by Michonne. Well, I'm glad because that's, I would, I would hate for them to switch that up. Yeah. You know, Denai Guerrera is so fantastic and she play, she's, she's obviously perfectly cast for Michonne and I wouldn't want them to screw that up in any way. Remember when the show didn't have Michonne and she showed up at the end of season two? Yeah. And it wasn't even Denai Guerrera? No. Just like this Michonne uh, outline. And we're like, holy shit, Michonne's coming. Who are they going to get the player? Remember I know. how exciting that was? It was amazing. And then since then we've got Denai and now she's a huge movie star too, which yep. in, a, in, in a way worries me a little bit because if she really goes whole hog on the Black Panther movies... And, you know, the rest of the MCU. Is she going to want to stick around on The Walking Dead forever? I mean, friggin' Lauren Cohan got a new TV show when she left. 
Michonne is like a giant movie star and she's still on. So I'm a little yep. worried, but come on, Denai, stick with us. We need They you. might give her her own moon. Her own moon? Her own moon that she can live on and populate and do whatever she wants with. They might just give her a moon. Okay. I don't see why not. You know, in the in the real world, um, I read some news just the other day that Denai Guerrera is still negotiating her new contract with AMC for the show. Oh, yeah. But um, Melissa McBride and Norman Reedus recently signed theirs. So they are locked in for ungodly, ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, just Good for them. Just so you know. But Denai is still sorting things out. So she's not locked in long term at this point. Um, and hopefully that doesn't have an impact on anything either. Yeah, she'll stick around. I believe that she'll stick around. I believe in Michonne. All right. I do. Next, we have a call. Uh, Craig in Neighborly, Tennessee. Hey, Chris and Jason, it's Craig in Neighborly, Tennessee. And I just had a question for you guys. I haven't heard anybody mention this theory, but I just wanted to know what you thought about the crossover between the two scenarios we have at hand. So we've just had Rick play out his leaving the show, and there was a whole media push surrounding that. And then we also had Glenn's uh, dumpster debacle when he was written off the show, and we knew maybe that he was or he wasn't, and they attempted to write him out of the credits and made a whole bunch of cryptic messages. And if you look at the media surrounding the Rick Grimes scenario, we have a very simple, uh, very similar scenario where they had a <clears throat> breaking of the fourth wall. They had a rumor that it was going to be his last season, that all of a sudden there was annoyingly vague comments, and then they confirmed it at Comic-Con. But then all of a sudden, on the night of the airing, they said, oh, well, guess what? He's not actually gone. So I was just wondering what your take is, you know, especially from, you know, um, from from Chris being, being informed on the whole entire push and Jason and your segregated view from all of the all of the news coverage. Just what do you think? I mean, I, I feel like they did it in a more successful way, but uh, is it just because it's a main character? Is it because it was a fake death where we knew it was going to be a fake death? Maybe if they faked Glenn's death instead of the alternative. I, I don't know exactly why it is that I feel like this was more successful, but there's definitely huge parallels here. So just wondering what your perspective was. My, my theory just in general is... AMC was the source of the original leak of Andrew Lincoln leaving so that they could be able to get the popularity and then announce on the same night, his new shows. Just, uh, what's your guys information? What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Thanks. Okay. Thanks Craig. Um, I think, uh, I think the main difference here between the way they handled Glenn and the way they handled Rick, I, I kind of think AMC learned something from the Glenn thing um, I don't know why, but I believe back then they underestimated the audience a little bit and, yeah, and they decided that we could make it seem like Glenn was dead and people are actually going to think Glenn is, is, uh, dead, right? Remove him from the credits, do all those stupid things that, that people immediately see right through. So here with Rick, you know, I have no idea if AMC purposefully leaked it or if their plan all along was to reveal the fact that he was leaving and then use that as a marketing tool i don't know i don't know if we'll ever know but when it did come out i think the way they handled it was pretty good they 
admitted it. They kind of owned up and said, yep, it's happening and get ready for it. They didn't try to screw with us at all. They just tried to make sure that we knew it was coming and get people excited about it, whether that was for their own benefit or because they were reacting to an actual leak. I don't know, but it's it, it's way less manipulative, right? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that they gave us the helicopter flying away. As annoying that is, uh, as that could be, it's better than uh, you know a cliffhanger that's just going to be bullshit later on. So yeah, I'm absolutely happy that they didn't want they didn't leave us with some kind of cliffhanger. They right. kind of did, but I mean they kind of did, but they I mean they said right after the episode we're doing Rick Grimes movies, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, but they, that and Rick, you know, leaving uh, leaving us hanging as whether or not Rick is alive or dead, right? Much like they did with Madison. Because is she dead? <laughs> is she alive? <laughs> oh, I choose yeah. to personally believe she's still alive, but she's probably dead. But they left it, you know, a little bit of wiggle room there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they didn't leave us with any wiggle room on whether Rick is alive or dead. Other than, you know, he's had a grievous wound that he's had uh, bleeding all over the place for the last half a day. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get a massive infection and he'll probably die. <laughs> for now, 100% alive. Yeah. He's absolutely 100% alive in a helicopter going someplace with uh, oxygen going up his nose, which uh, leads... The uh, leads us to believe that he's getting proper medical attention, which he definitely would have died without. So maybe they have a functioning sterile hospital with uh, operating theaters and properly trained surgical staff that are uh, trauma staff that are ready, willing, and able to uh, help him in everything he needs for uh, repair and recovery. Full recovery. I think they might. I think that might be something these people have. Um, So... Yeah, they'll they'll just uh, you know what they really need to do is just stick in a uh, a torso plug. Uh, when you get a torso wound, they just put in a torso plug and they bandage you up, and then away you go. Much yeah. like you do with a tire when you get a, t- uh, a hole in your tire, what they do is they take this rubber plug and they push it in to the nail hole, seals it right up, and you're good to go. Well, that's all you need. You just need a torso plug, and you're feeling fine. Yeah, thorax plug is uh, it's probably more appropriate. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. That's, that's um, the that's the you know technical term. Of course, it is a thorax plug. Overall, I think AMC's handling of this versus the Glenn death though is completely different and much more appropriate the way they did this one for some reason. Uh, and and the Glenn thing was them just shitting the bed, and I think they probably learned from it. So that's yep. you know they've they've uh, done better here. Okay, a couple more. Robert in Portland, Oregon, USA, sent in one more theory on the AB. So for good measure, I decided to include it here. And Robert writes, I just finished listening to episode 403 and the discussion of what A and B mean. My theory is this. A people are acceptors. They accept the world as it currently is and can live by the new laws of nature. B people are believers. Even though the world has changed and zombies roam the earth, they believe that there's a way back to life before the apocalypse. Negan would be an A. Rick is a B. Carl would be a B. Gabe would be a B. Carol would be an A if left to her own devices. You get the gist. What do you think? Acceptors and believers. I mean, the term can be interchangeable, but the A and B makes sense. And I like the idea that some people accept the world as they, as as it is, and some people want it to go back to the way it was before. Mm-hmm. 
So that could make sense. But I don't think acceptors and believers are is the actual terms. It just A represents people that uh you know are okay with the way the world is, crazy as it is, and uh, B is a term for the the people that uh, wanted to go back to the way it was, as crazy as that, as that was. Right, exactly. And, I mean, the terminology is not the important part here, but the whole idea is that it's this, the two different types of people, right? And and, and uh, the, the list he runs off here kind of makes sense. Negan would be an A, an acceptor. He's learned to live in this new world and, you know, he kind of prefers it because he has all the power and a baseball bat. Rick is a B. He wants it. He believes that we can go back or rebuild society. Carl was the same. Gabe is the same. And Carol, she went off to live in her cottage and just kind of accept the fact that this is the world now. So I'm sure you could find examples of characters that don't fit the mold perfectly, but Carol's a C person. Yeah, what's kind of a recluse? C, A, B, C. So she's the C person. She's the cabin person. She's the uh, oh, I see. Bury her head in the sand and ignore the world, regardless of what it is or what it could be. Right. Okay. Well, so I mean, there's there's a letter. There's a person for every letter of the alphabet, I guess. Yeah, I'm a C person. <laughs> all right. Good. Uh, all right. Last one here, Jason. Oh, we have a call from Mike in Alabama. Hey guys, this is Mike from Alabama. I uh, wanted to say, first of all, Jason, I'm wondering if the word that you were looking for, you've been sequestered from the media. You were sequestered, about that's how it. how you haven't had access to a lot of the things other than on the show by choice, and you were looking for a word using segregated and a couple of others. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if the word you were looking for was sequestered. Uh, but I love the show, guys. I'm one of those folks with a vision impairment, and I really rely on y'all to give me a recap on the things that I just don't notice during the show because of the contrast, because it's so dark a lot of times. I just can't pick up a lot of things. So I really love what y'all are doing, and, and I typically like your show better than the actual show, or I like your podcast better than the actual show, because you give me insight into things that I can't see. So thanks for what you do, and I'm wondering if Jason has been sequestered from news. Thank you so much, Mike. Jason, I just wanted to play that to yeah. get it down. Uh, I mean, segregated kind of works too, but... No, se- no, this is the word. Sequestered is the word I was, I was uh, uh, you know, floundering around for as much as I'm floundering around for the word floundering but yes absolutely uh sequestered is the word and i should have known that i just uh, while i was in the states a couple of weeks ago i watched uh in netflix down there they have uh, the people versus uh oj simpson uh-huh that uh, that miniseries which we don't have in the canadian uh netflix uh, damn uh, canadian service netflix. up here yeah so uh, i had to make sure i watched the whole goddamn thing while i was down there before i left and i did and uh, there was a whole episode about the jury that was sequestered from the outside world for eight months. Oh, Those my crazy God. bastards. And then they came back with a verdict in four hours. <laughs> eight eight months is, an, is an, a long-ass time. And I'm surprised. What's that, like 10 hours of TV you watched in three days or something down there? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't fucking around. Did, no, obviously not. Did you do any any work or did you just watch TV oh, all yeah, the no, time? No, I worked, but uh, I stayed up late. <laughs> Okay. Got uh, well, back. I've also found it while I was traveling down there too. So I had some time uh, uh, during the travels, and then on the on the way back, uh, I had some time at the airport that I finished off the last episode while it was in the airport. So Oof. it was close. Believe me, just in time. But that's all I watched when yeah. I had uh, time where I wasn't actually working. Exciting. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I can see you like leave work, come straight back to the hotel, order room service, watch nine hours of TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I did that, I'd get it over with in one night. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was like six days while I was there. Oh. So and, and so it's spread out over, you know, a couple of hours 
staying up from, uh, you know, 10 to 12 kind of thing every night. And then a bit here and a bit there. Nice. All right. But, uh, <laughs> and I was watching it while I was ironing my pants in the morning kind of thing. Usually I watch the news, but I was like, fuck that. I freaking OJ Simpson here. I'm watching that. Get it on. All right. Cool. I watched it when it was on the, on, uh, live television. I'll watch a TV series about it. Mini series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to see that OJ Simpson documentary, but I have. Oh, there's the documentary, but the, this is not the documentary. This is the reenactment. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. There's the one that um, ESPN did, I think. That's a documentary. Yes. Right. Yeah. I've seen that one as well, but this was the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. plays right. uh, OJ Simpson and uh, David Schwimmer plays uh, Robert Kardashian. Right. Right. He's a friend okay. of OJ. Yep. And uh, yeah, who's. Uh, oh, and uh, John Travolta is in it. Really? And actually enjoyable. Because <laughs> he plays a weird guy that fits right in with John Travolta. Sorry for John Travolta fans. <laughs> Recent John Travolta fans. Sure. Okay. Anyway, yeah, watch it. I'd like to uh, check sequestered. it out. Uh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> it's great. Great, uh, great to hear. Uh, sequestered is absolutely the word I was looking for. Thank you for that. It took two whole episodes of this podcast to get there, but we got there, and uh, that's exactly what I do. I purposefully ignore all other media so that I'm not influenced by it. Yeah. Wouldn't want to get some brain worm in there that screws up your own opinion of the show. Yeah. And a lot of times I come up with my opinion while I'm talking. Like I don't <laughs> preform the opinion. It just, I watch the show and accept it. And then we talk about it. And as we're talking about it, the opinion floats to the surface and I just spew it out of my mouth hole into the universe. I don't know if anyone can tell or not. I'm sure, I'm sure they can. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. That was more feedback than usual, uh, but all, all, all great. Um, so thanks everyone for sending that in. Coming up next week on The Walking Dead is season nine, episode five, and it's called, Who Are You Now? <laughs> what? what? I think Who are you, you what? I think what are you, you doing? I think you have to say it that way. Who are you now? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so do title reads, everyone, if you would like, um, and get them into us. We'll play those on uh, our recap episode next time. Um, and uh, otherwise, if you'd like to get in touch, you know, again or more, you can do that by visiting our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com, clicking on send voicemail. They should have dot .com, eh? Dot .com. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> TalkingDeadPodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, check oh, us out on level domains. They could so many possibilities. Yeah, I mean, why bother with dot porn? They need dot com. Yeah, I like, feel like that's in, instead of dot porn. Yeah, I wonder if that's a thing. I mean, it should be if it's not dot com. Uh, okay, dot, dot porn's a thing. Is that real now? Well, I think dot triple X is a thing, and there's dot all kinds of stuff, but dot com just seems like it. Should exist. Anyways, uh, what was what was I talking about? Website. Click on send voicemail. Send us a voicemail. Uh, visit us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. And send your emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. All right. That was fun, Jason. Uh, but like I said off the top, we're into the post-Rick Grimes era, and I am really looking forward to what the show has coming up for us in the next few weeks as we move into the mid-season finale. So um, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Uh, anyways. Let's do it. Get to it. That's right. It's my new motto. Let's get to it and do it. <laughs> I think that might work a little better. Uh, yeah. Or not. I don't know. 
Anyways, <laughs> until next time, everyone. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Let's do it. Get to it.